0: Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. You know, just the other day, I read the coolest scripture in Isaiah um, that I'd like to really talk to you about today. And in that scripture, it talks about something that I think I've overlooked as a Christian. I've overlooked in the Bible for probably my whole Christian life. And that is to glory in the Lord. Now, we know that we're supposed to love and believe and trust and rejoice and but then there's the act of glorying in the Lord and I'd like to share with you what that means and how that can bring just an immense amount of victory and, and power into your life. After the story that we'll be looking at next week if that makes sense, So we're getting the, uh, the chronology or the timing of this a little bit backwards. But you'll see where I'm going first uh, as we look today at Acts 16 at a story at the end of the chapter and then go back to the middle of Acts 16 at the story of deliverance that we're going to talk about next week. I'm so excited about next week, but incredibly excited about today as well. Let's read this story in Acts 16 that tees us up for deliverance next week. I tell you what, we need deliverance in this country, don't we? You look at all the mental illness. You look at the addiction. You look at the uh, you look at the the broken marriages. You look at people who've given up. They give up on their kids. They give up on their marriage. They give up on their uh, on on their relationships. They give up on their job. They give up on themselves. We need deliverance. We need to be set free so that we stop giving up so easily. We need to stop not trying (laughs) we need to start trying give it effort in life try hard don't give up and so we need deliverance to be able to set be set free so that we can live that way and so here in acts 16 i want to show you something that precedes deliverance or goes before deliverance and i'll read to you in verses 23 through 30 this is the story of paul and silas If you've been in church for a while, if you've read your Bible any length of time, you're going to recognize this story. But if you haven't, it's an amazing story either way. And so let me read through it with you. It says, uh, Paul and Silas were in in the the town of Philippi, all right, in modern-day Turkey, and they had gotten into trouble. And you know why they had gotten into trouble? Because they were fearless in their faith. They were not worried about telling people who Jesus was And working in God's power. And they got into trouble, and they got put into jail. Not just in any jail. They were first severely flogged, and that means they were whipped on their back. It was a form of torture, if you will. Uh, And so they were severely flogged, and they were thrown in prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when they would received, when he had received these orders, he put them into the inner cell. In other words, the stinkiest, dirtiest, most infested part of the, of the prison there. In the inner cell, the darkest part. And they went ahead and fastened their feet in stocks, which means there was no way they were ever going to be freed uh, you know, of their own volition. But it says at midnight... And I want to ask you, have you ever been in a bad place and it's midnight? It's dark, it's hopeless, it's you don't know how you're gonna get out of the situation that you're in. You feel negative, you feel like you you feel like you want to give up. It was midnight for them, and Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God of all things, these weirdos. What on earth was wrong with these guys? They weren't they weren't feeling sorry for themselves. They weren't, uh, they weren't blaming anybody, all right? They weren't blaming themselves. What were they doing? They were praying, and they were singing hymns to God. And I will say it, they were glorying in the Lord despite their circumstances. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever been in a bad situation, and somehow you found it inside yourself to praise God anyways, to exalt God anyways, to glory in the Lord anyways, so they were singing hymns, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And this is what happens when you start glorying in the Lord. And I'm going, to just, I'm going to tell you what glorying in the Lord means here in just a second. When you glory in the Lord, things start happening in and around you. Deliverance Starts happening in and around you when you glory in the Lord and you don't focus on your circumstances and oh me and oh my and this bad thing has happened to me and these problems are too big for me. You start saying, I'm going to glory in the Lord despite my stinky circumstances, despite me being tied down by this situation, by this health problem, by this financial problem, by this work problem. It doesn't matter. I'm going to glory in the Lord. And so suddenly, when they gloried in the Lord, suddenly God started acting. You want God to act in your situation? Start glorifying God. Start praising God. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of their prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains were loosed. Not just the two guys that were praising God, but all the prisoners around them. And what happened was deliverance because they were glorying in the Lord. The jailer woke up, the guy that had thrown them in the bad part of the prison. (laughs) And uh, he he was worried that all the prisoners had escaped and that his neck was going to be on the line. So he decided to go ahead and end his own life. He was about to kill himself when the prisoners, uh, when Paul shouted, he says, don't harm yourself. We are all here. (laughs) That's an amazing, I'd say, go ahead and kill yourself. Get out of my way. I'm getting out of this place. All right. No, he said, don't, don't do it. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, fell trembling there with Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Sirs, what must I do to be delivered from this problem that I'm under, from this cloud that i live under i'm tired of being depressed all the time i'm tired of being oppressed all the time i'm tired of these thoughts that keep going through my mind i'm tired of rehearsing that abuse that i went through as a as a young person or maybe recently i'm tired of it what must i do to be saved you see that's what happens when we start glorying in the lord deliverance starts happening we're going to get into that next week but i ran across this verse this week or last week it's been in the last two weeks the last two weeks to me have been a complete blur I can't distinguish one day from the last it was complete insanity but I'm thankful I'm here alive and well (laughs) aren't you glad that you made it here today even though you may have had a tough week a tough month a tough year you're here and that's what counts all right but I read this verse in the midst of all the stuff that, that uh, we've been making our way through. Isaiah forty-one sixteen. wow, incredible, powerful, life-changing for me. Let me read it to you and extract what I've gotten, the truth that I've gotten from it. It says, but you will rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. And picture me in, in my son's new one-bedroom apartment All right. We've all been sleeping on the floor trying to get him settled in there in Arkansas. We've got uh, blow up mattresses. So I'm kind of like there's no chairs here. There's we got him a couch. You know, I'm kind of leaning against the wall. I'm reading this after a a, a long previous day. And God hits me right between the, the between the eyes with this verse. It says rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Lord. And like I have never stopped to think about that. I've heard about rejoicing in the Lord. Philippians 4, is it 6? It says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Okay, yeah. I've worked on that for years. Rejoice in the Lord. The Bible says to love. So it's an action. You love even when you don't feel like it sometimes. Or believe, believe. The Bible tells you to believe. The the Bible tells you to persevere. But to glory in the Lord? First of all, I thought glory was a noun, and here it's being used as a verb. You go glory in the Lord. And I started thinking about that. And I had my little journal, which I, you know, I didn't have uh, some, some of my, uh, my computer with me, and so I'm using Apple Notes, and I'm typing up my little thoughts on there. I'm like, glory in the Lord. God is telling me something here. What is it to glory? We talk about glorify the Lord, but it's different to glory in the Lord. And that's what I'd like to speak to today. And that's what Paul and Silas were doing in the midnight hour. They were glorying in the Lord. What does that mean? Well, in 1 Corinthians 131, the apostle Paul, the guy that was singing in jail that night, he says, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. He who glories... Let him glory in the Lord. Well, what is this glory? And I started writing. These are straight out of my journal, man. Straight out of me thinking about pondering this, applying this to my life. And there's three things that came to me that were so rich that morning. The first one is to boast with. What is it to glory in the Lord? It's to boast with. To boast with. As if. You are on a winning team, and you may not be that good of a dodge, you know, dodgeball player, a baseball player, or, or football player. But you happen to have one of the best players on your team, and that guy got you a win, and you're boasting with him about how your team just won. <laughs> you may not have had a whole lot to do with it, but that team player, that superstar. You're with him and you're both, we just beat the mess out of that team. And you're boasting with, you're boasting with. It's to exhibit, secondly, it's to exhibit victory with Jesus while rubbing it in Satan's face. There's a part of all of us that would love to see that enemy, even if it's a person, just face in the mud grinding and they're out of my way and I knew I hoped the worst for them and the worst happened to them and I'm enjoying every second of it is that a good attitude well no but it's a good attitude when it comes to the devil it's a good attitude when it comes to Satan it's a good attitude when it comes to spiritual things you want Satan's face rubbed in the dirt and you're celebrating you're exhibiting victory with Jesus while you're stepping on the enemy. It's time for us to get militant as Christians. It is. It's time for us to say, you know what? I want to start winning in life, and I want evil to start losing in life. There's not a win-win when it comes to battle. You're in it to win it, all right? We're not looking for some comfortable, cozy life in this life. All of us we tend to want that easy path, but guess what? It's not there. We're in a battle, folks, a battle for our souls, a battle for the, the souls of those that we love. We're in a battle to see people's lives transformed and changed, and we have to start realizing there's, we're in a battle, and there's going to be a loser, and there's going to be a winner, and there's a score to be kept, all right? And that's why I'm not a big proponent of, oh, let's, let's have a football game without having score that's crazy there's a loser and there's a winner (laughs) and that's the way life is is, it it is there's a lot lot of situations where there's win-win win-win for everybody but let me tell you when it comes to spiritual matters there's a winner and there's a loser and it's not I'm not going to be a loser I don't want you to be a loser I want you to win so we exhibit victory with Jesus and the last one I love this I was just jotting this down you know what? When you're journaling, when you're thinking about the Bible, you're studying the Bible, the Spirit of God starts speaking to you, and it starts flowing. And that's what the way it was with me this morning, that one morning, is, is I wrote this down. Celebrate God's victory that you participated in suffering for. You know, victory only tastes sweet if you've suffered a little bit for it. Easy victories are just ho-hum. But let me tell you what, if you've suffered through something, the victory is going to taste incredibly sweet to you. The Bible talks about this. The Apostle Paul says, I am filled up in my flesh with the sufferings that were lacking with regard to Christ. And you say, well, did Christ not suffer enough? You know what? Here it is. In Romans 8, 17, it says... If we share in his sufferings, we will also share in his glory. And we're talking about glorying in the Lord. Are you suffering a little bit this morning? Guess what? We all suffer. (laughs) Life has a level of suffering that is unfortunately always going to be there. So let's suck it up (laughs) and let's live our lives with that victory, knowing I'm going to win, but I'm also walking through a little bit of suffering here. That's just the way it is. So if we share in Christ's sufferings, we are also going to share in his glory. We're going to glory in him. So we've talked about kind of some meanings, kind of opening our minds to what it would be to glory in the Lord, to boast in him, to exhibit victory, to celebrate in him. But then in the Hebrew, if you go back into the the Old Testament and you see what it meant to glory, it literally means to shine. Did you know what God wants you to start shining in life? He doesn't want you to be all, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Dull, you know, And, and not exhibiting God's character and his glory in your life. He wants you to shine. Jesus says that let your light shine so that all men can see. Put your put your lamp up on a stand and start shining for Jesus. Glory in him. Glory in him. I love this. This came to me as well as we shine from God's favor. Did you know God's favored you? <laughs> He's picked you. In some respects, you're God's favorite. I learned this from my dad. He says this, we're all God's favorites. Isn't that nice? Now, just because everybody is God, all his children, all Christians, people who've given their hearts to Jesus, they're all God's favorite but that means individually you are God's favorite. He, would, he wouldn't have picked you if you weren't his favorite. Do you think I have favorites with my kids? Yes, all four of them. They're all my favorites. Each individual one of them is my favorite, and they collectively are my favorites, and that's how we are with God. I love it. Moses prayed this prayer or kind of uh, uh, declared this blessing over the Israelites. He said, May Uh, God's face shine upon you. Oh, praise Jesus. God's face is shining on you so that you will shine back at him and shine back at all of those around you. God wants you to glory in him. God wants you to shine. Praise God. So glory is to participate in the praise of God. Is to glory in him to praise God? Yes. Is glory and praise exactly the same thing? No. No. Not at all. It's part of it. So a lot of times we'll be told, you need to just praise the Lord. I tell you what, you need to glory in the Lord. Don't, you know, oftentimes we say, you know what, I'm going to pick myself up my, my bootstraps today and I'm just going to praise God even though I don't feel like it. I, I feel bad. And, and sometimes you need to do that. But let me tell you what, that's praising God from a distance. To glory is to glory in the Lord. You're already close to Jesus. You're close to his presence. And guess what? <laughs> praise is going up to God all the time anyways you're initi- you don 't initiate praise to God you don 't pull yourself up by your bootstraps and say i 'm going to praise God. Praise is going on to god twenty four seven all the time already all you 're doing is you 're joining in the praises of god you 're already they 're going on and they 're just waiting for you to join in this beautiful, huge coliseum of billions of people and souls and and angels that are praising God all the time, and you're just jumping in with them to praise. There's going to be a text that goes out this week that says, you know what, join in praise that's already going on right now. Sometime today, join in praising God. Look at this. Jesus was walking... Uh, he was, it was the week of the Passion. He was about to go down into Jerusalem, walking down the Mount of Olives. And all his disciples were there and people. And they were throwing their cloaks and their palm leaves down. And they were praising Jesus. They were saying, Hosanna in the highest. And and the Pharisees said, you know what? Can you tell these people to stop praising? This is, this is bad. And Jesus said, you know what? If, if, I, if they keep quiet, if they don't praise, the very stones in the road will burst out cheering What does that mean? Creation is praising God 24-7, 365 days a year. Creation is praising God. Now, my favorite teacher in in high school, his name was Mr. Robel. I could tell you some funny stories about Mr. Robel. But one of the things that Mr. Robel said, he said, did you know, I think he was my science teacher, I know he was my algebra teacher, but he said, did you know that every planet, every star emits a sound. Some of them, they're way in the, the you know, the, um, what do you call it? Some of them, way, octaves really, really low and octaves really, really high that can't be heard with a human ear. But when you get that, that microphone, that specialized microphone, there's this fanfare of constant sounds that are just praising God. All of creation is praising God from a sound perspective, from a visible perspective. We hear that in the Bible. We know that to be true. But then we also find out in Revelations 4, 8, look at this, that day and night, these living creatures, they're the angelic creatures, day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was who is and who is to come. So when you feel down and you say, oh, I'm going to praise the Lord, guess what? You're joining in praise that's already happening. You're not initiating squat. You're joining in. You're participating in the praise of Jesus and glorying in God. Man, I think that's wonderful. But God, when we glory in him, it's for one reason, one reason alone, and it's this, so that everyone may know that he is Lord. That's the whole whole purpose of glorying in the Lord. Do you not think that those prisoners in there with Paul and Silas, when their chains fell off, didn't say, there is a God in this prison? (laughs) Do you not think that that jailer said, you know what, there is a God and I want to know him. Tell me who he is so that I can be saved as well. Every time we glory in the Lord, somebody gets to know who Jesus is. Somebody around you is going to get to know who Jesus is through the personal delivering power of God. They're going to get to know who God is. Praise God. I want to be part of that, that uh, effort that God has to let him be known throughout the whole earth. The Bible says that at some point the knowledge of the glory of God is going to fill the earth. It's going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. I want to be a part of that. I want to glory in the Lord. We see this in Exodus 14, verses 17 through 18. And this is is where that story about uh, the Israelites coming out of Egypt and crossing the Red Sea. God says to Moses, he says, I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians And uh, so that they will go in after them into the Red Sea after the, the waters of pardon. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army and through his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Why? Because of this mighty, powerful act that God was performing. I will gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. A lot of people say, why does God let such bad things happen on earth? I mean, child abuse and... And now little children are being tempted to change genders before they even have a sexual thought in their mind. Why does God allow all of this stuff, bad stuff, to happen on earth? Guess what? Even through those things, God can gain glory. If he could gain glory through Pharaoh and all his armies, God can gain glory through everything that happens on earth, whether bad or good, and no matter the source as well. So God gains glory. He gets to be known. It's interesting in John 9, verses 1 through, through 3, Jesus is going along. He finds this man who's blind through, from birth. You say, why is this so unfair, God? Some people have a good life. Some people have a bad life. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, that means teacher, who sinned? This guy's blind from earth. Somebody, somebody's fault. All right? Who sinned? This man or his parents, that he would be born blind. That just seems downright unfair, God. Neither this man nor his parents sins, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. In other words, that everybody might know that there's a God in heaven and that he is Lord. In Exodus 15, 11, it says, and this is after they'd crossed the Red Sea. It says, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders, working wonders. Man, let me tell you what, if there's anything that displays the glory of God, if there's anything we can glory in the Lord about, it's his mighty wonders. You're sitting here today in this, in this small church because of the glory of God. God, God is working in your life. If you say, Oh, my life stinks, man. I, nothing good ever happens to me. Look at your hand. You got a hand, you got an arm, you got lungs, and you're breathing. You're not in the hospital. Let me tell you what that's the work of God in your life. God is working in you. Acknowledge the works of God in, in your life and glory in Him. Praise Him. Boast in Him. Brag on Him. So God's works, his miracles, his wonders display his glory and therefore show who he is to all the people that see that. John 2.11, I like this one. Jesus had never done a miracle in his life up until this point. He was about 30 years old. You say, well, I don't get any miracles. Guess what? Jesus didn't see any miracles for 30 years. The son of God. Didn't see any supernatural miracles for 30 years. But this was his first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And it's when he turned the water into wine. All right? God wants to do wonders in your life, to display his glory so that you can shine for Jesus like you've never shined before. I love it. So Jesus' signs reveal his glory, and therefore his glory reveals his identity. And his high position, the Bible refers to to God as the most high God. Higher than the the boss that you serve. Higher than the president of your company. Higher than the president of this this country. All right? Higher than uh, Putin over there in Russia. Right? Higher than anybody in the world is God most high. And you know him and he knows you. (laughs) <laughs> that's a connection. You talk about divine connections, that's a connection. But God's, uh, God's works, his miracles display his glory. Praise God, it shows who he is. So let's end with this, and an example of someone who gloried in the Lord so that you will know this week how to glory in the Lord. It's a wonderful example. It was Moses and Miriam, all right? They were related to one another, if I'm not mistaken. They were brother and sister, and they gloried in the Lord after they crossed the Red Sea. The, the waters parted for them. They came out on the other side. And, and as we understand through the events, Pharaoh followed them in. The water closed in over their enemies, and they were delivered. They were saved. And so then they gloried in the Lord. And I want to tell you, before, before we look at this, you are going to glory in the Lord. You are going to have victory in your life, and you're going to glory post-problem, okay? You're in your problem right now. You're in your valley right now. You're facing your impossibility. You are going to win. Did you know that? You're going to win, and after you win, you are going to glory in the Lord. But I would tell you, go ahead and glory in the Lord before you win. Because God's already, by faith, it's already happened. God's already taken care of your problem. You've already overcome, praise God. And you're going to glory in the Lord, but you can start today. Look at this. I'm just, the whole thing is several verses long. I'm just going to take the first several verses. But here's Moses and the Israelites. What do they do? They sang this song to the Lord. And I found this. When I feel victory, it's easy to whistle. All right? It's easy for me to sing. Uh, You wouldn't want to hear it, but... I can sing, all right. And I'll, I'll sing a tune. It's because your lights, your heart is light, you're happy, you, you got past the, the dark times, and you just want to sing, and that's what Moses and the Israelites, they, they gloried in the Lord by singing to Him. And I tell you what, as I was driving back from Arkansas uh, Thursday, Friday, you know what I started doing? I just started singing. I'm going to miss Kyle. I'm going to miss my son. You know things are different. They're not. It's not easy to 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 go through that. But I started singing in the car, low, so nobody could hear me because that would have been embarrassing if everybody could hear me. I started singing. I was glorying in the Lord. I was glorying in the Lord. You're going to get a text sometime this week that says, "Don't." You know, if you're having a bad day, that's the perfect time to start praising the Lord. Praise the Lord when you don't feel like it. Praise the Lord when things aren't going your way. Glory in him when it's, when it's not easy, all right? But they sang a song, and this is the song that they sang. I will sing to the Lord. That's when you, you recognize who he is. I hope you can see that, that font there. <laughs> you recognize who he is and his most high position his most high position over all your problems. For he is highly exalted. See, it says it right there. He is highly exalted, both the horse and the driver. He has hurled into the sea. Those were the enemies, the, the Egyptian enemies who were coming after them to destroy them. And so you see here, Moses boasted over his enemies. Boasted over his enemies. I can't tell you the number of times at work where I had... Somebody at a much higher level position, sometimes just right over me or several positions over me, that for whatever reason was gunning at me. They were coming after me. They were making my life hard. And God would remove them every single time or at times would move me out. He takes care of your enemies. God is a defender of the weak. He's, if you're the underdog, you're in the perfect position for God most high to take care of you and to watch over you the lord they continue to sing the lord is my strength and my defense he has become my salvation he is my deliverer he is my god i will praise him my father is god i will exalt him happy father's day (laughs) my father is god how's that a lot of us would like to say my father's a billionaire. My father owns a big company. My father no, my father is God. How about that one? <laughs> and 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 what I get from that is it's hard to praise God from afar, but you got to realize you're close to God and he's close to you. And when you realize your proximity to God, it's a lot easier to praise him. It's a lot easier to glory glory in him because he's you're in him. And he's in you. That's as close as it gets right there. And so you praise him because he's so close to you. Glory in him. The Lord, in verse 3, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. And I like that one. The Lord's position is his name. (laughs) Did you get that? His identity is also his position. All right? Now, it would be comparable to saying you're the president of a company. So don't call me Steve. Call me president. Call him, in fact, call me El Presidente. How about that? All right? My name and my position are one. Well, we don't do that commonly here in the United States. But back in that time, the Pharaoh was the name, his name. The Pharaoh. His position and his name were one. And that's what we see with the Lord. The Lord is his name. His position and his identity were one and the same the Pharaoh's chariots in verse 4, the Pharaoh's chariots and his army, he is hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. And the Lord is a warrior. He's fighting for you. And you're not, you're not fighting God. You're not trying to wrestle against God. You're fighting with God. We learned that when we were talking about Jacob just a couple of weeks ago. You're fighting with God. He's warrior, and you're in line with him to win your victories. He who is, uh, his, his, his identity and his position are incomparable to anyone else in the universe. And you know him. You know him. He knows you. The deep waters covered over their enemies, and they sank to the depths like a stone. These folks had been oppressed for over 400 years. Now, slavery in the United States lasted for several decades, for a long, long time. Can you imagine slavery lasting 400 years? Can you imagine the oppressiveness that these Israelites felt? And now their enemies were at the bottom of the Red Sea, never, ever to oppress them again God wants to do that for you. God wants to take your enemies, those who oppose you, and make them a non-issue for you the rest of your life. You struggle with lust, God wants to take your lust and bury it so that it never affects you again. You struggle with an addiction, God wants to take that addiction and bury it so that it never bugs you again. You have a depressed mindset, God wants to take your depression and bury it in the bottom of the sea so that you're never depressed again praise God. That's, that's the kind of God that we serve. Your right hand Lord was majestic in power. Your right hand Lord shattered the enemy. His work reveals again his awesome glory. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. Again, the glory of the Lord is interesting. I'm glad God gets angry. I'm very glad God is angry with the abuser of children. I'm so thankful that God is angry with a dictator of a nation who's trying to th- throw this world into turmoil. I am thankful God gets angry, aren't you? What if he did? What if he said, "Oh, it's okay, don't worry." No, God gets angry. Praise God. Well, His glory reveals itself in one of two ways: in light and in favor towards those who pay attention to Him, but in darkness and in anger towards those who oppose him. Thank God God gets angry. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for his mercy, and I'm so thankful for his judgment. Praise God. Through Jesus, Jesus covers those who come in humility and say, God, I'm t- I've come to an end of myself. I need your help, God. And God favors those who humbly come to t- 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 him. So his glory shows up in in those two contrasting ways. Verse 8, by the blast of your nostrils, the water piled up, and the surging waters stood up like a wall, and the deep waters congealed at the heart of the sea, the enemy boasted. Listen to this. I will pursue. I will overtake them. I will divide their spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword, and my hand will destroy them. And let me tell you what, the enemy, just like we glory in the Lord, the enemy wants to gloat over you. He wants to boast over you. He wants to say, you're never going to change. You're never going to get past this problem. You're never going to overcome. He boasts over you, but you know what? He can't can't fulfill his own boasts. With God's glory, he's going to overcome every lying boast against you. You are going to get through. You are going to win with God's help. You are going to make it praise God. You're going to come out on the other side, a victor in Jesus Christ and glorying in the Lord. Look at this in verse 10, and just finishing here. But you blew with your breath, and the sea covered over them. They sank like lead in mighty waters. Oh, all those problems, all those difficulties, all those impossibilities, they're going to sink like lead, and you are going to come out on the other side. Praising the Lord, like verse 11 says, Who among uh, the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? Working wonders. Hallelujah. Miriam sang in verse 21. She sang a little short song. She said, Sing to the Lord both the horse and the driver he has hurled into the sea. Just like your enemy gloats over you every day, you are going to gloat over your enemy. You're going to celebrate with Jesus your victory. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, because a spiritual discipline is to glory in the Lord. And it's a spiritual discipline that I, for one, have never focused in on. I don't think I've ever done this before except for this last week because I didn't realize it was there for me to do. Lord, I've praised you many times. I've thanked you many times. I've rejoiced many times. But I don't know that I've ever gloried in the Lord. I've never boasted with you, Jesus, over my enemies. But Lord, I'm beginning to do it. And Lord, I'm beginning to see deliverance as a result of it. <laughs> I'm beginning to see freedom as a result of glorying in the Lord my God, who's majestic in power, who has an awesome right, righteous right arm and right hand that overcomes all my enemies. Praise God. All my difficulties, all my problems. I glory in my God, my Father, my Savior my deliverer. I glory in the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I'm not praising you from afar. I'm not going to pick myself up on Monday morning. Oh, I'm going to praise the Lord. No, I'm going to join in praising God with all of creation, with all of heaven. Every time I open my mouth and praise and bragging on God and giving God all the credit and praising you for all that you are and who you are, I'm just joining in with all of creation. I'm just joining in with all the angels here on earth and in heaven, praising God and giving glory to God and lifting up God for who he is, high and exalted. Your name, your position are one. You are the Lord. You are the master of the universe. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. At your name, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that. What? You are Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can you stand up right now and begin to glory in the Lord? Can you put this into practice right now and say, I just glory in you. I bask in your presence. I bask in your majesty right now. I worship you. Hallelujah. Who among the gods are like you? Hallelujah, Jesus.